재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. This is Koreascape and signs of the times are all around us. They are more often than not lately dealing with inter-Korean and Korean-US relations. We've seen a massive year of summit diplomacy and there's never a lack of surprises. That's why we invite Heejin Gu in. She's a former foreign correspondent and currently a research fellow at the Korean Peninsula Future Forum, a think tank that studies future unification scenarios. What better person to help sort out the confusion over uh, everything we've been seeing lately. Hey, Heejin. Good morning, Kurt. And do you realize we only have three months left until 2019? It's crazy. It is. You and I are doing our last uh, sign of the times as well. Exactly. And and, uh, let's just, you know, dive into what we can expect for the next three months as Mm -hmm. well as, you know, the year to come. Well, I mean, at this time, just a year ago, We were all kind of quaking in our boots uh, because there were some very real potential um, uh, 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 kinetic situations that might have unfolded here on the Korean Peninsula. Military action. uh, There was tension in the air. The sixth nuclear test uh, had just uh, occurred. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, the UN had uh, just slapped on its latest UN Mm -hmm. sanctions. Mm -hmm. Things are, I would say, less tense now, but... um, Not all that clear. I mean, things are very, a little bit weird, I would say, uh, when you hear some of the rhetoric coming out. So let's kind of pick it apart. Uh, Where shall we start? Let's just start off with last week's uh, UN General Assembly, um, where North Korean leader Kim Jong-un was not present himself. Mm -hmm. But he had two very good spokesmen there Mm. uh, in the form of South Korean Korean President Moon Jae-in and US President Trump, who uh, had uh, a meeting on the sidelines. um, And they congratulated each other as well as praised the absent Kim Jong-un at summits, speeches, interviews and uh, television appearances. Mm -hmm. Mm. And during their meeting ahead of the General Assembly, Moon amped up his usual tactic of playing to US President Trump's ego. Uh, He gave Trump all the credit for helping guide nuclear talks to a point where uh, North Korea's decision to relinquish its nuclear program has been officially officialized to a degree that not even those within North Korea can reverse. Now, uh, we have a clip ready on that. Let's hear it. So he basically says, you are indeed the only person who can solve this problem. Uh, Thanks to your bold decision and your new approach, we are in the process of solving a problem that no one has been able to solve in the decades past. Um, And he said that uh, Kim Jong-un repeatedly conveyed his unwavering trust and expectations for you. Can't Uh, go wrong, uh, you know. (laughs) 
putting some wind in Donald Trump's sails. I mean, apparently it was lifted um, (laughs) uh, as evidenced in um, President Trump's speech over the weekend. I think we have a a back-to-back clip. Um, regarding that speech. You, you want to jump right into the Trump speech? This is him addressing his uh, supporters. So he's in rally mode. Let's hear what he had to say. And I was really being tough, and so was he. And we were going back and forth, and then we fell in love. Okay? No, really. He wrote me beautiful letters, and they're great letters. We fell in love. I didn't give up anything. Really. I didn't give up anything. What did I give up? I gave up nothing. Some interesting stuff to unpack there. Um, it was rather baffling at first and then shocking. Um, uh, it, the, the shock still reverberates throughout Washington and yeah. Korea today. Um, this morning, it, it's, um, well... Uh, we have, we are at a loss for words of what he was, what he meant to say, but apparently he was, um, over enthused as to, um, He likes letters. He really likes the letters. <laughs> he called the letters a piece of art last week and he said they're beautiful, terrific letters. You can't see them, but they're really great. <laughs> Loves letters. Um, it sounds unhinged and a lot of people are saying that, you know, you, you can say, You know, as a president, you can say he's making a strategic change and it looks like we have an opportunity and all that stuff. We fell in love. Is that presidential rhetoric? I mean, it seems uh, well, it's and he mentioned as much. Oh, the local media is going to Mm -hmm. have a field day with this, you know, saying, oh, he says he he fell in love. He goes as far as to say that he knows he has overstepped uh, a a bit of the political norms. but he is all about overstepping them. Um, but this time, it has uh, uh, irked a lot of people in Washington and in Seoul. Well, to be fair, Moon, during their summit in Pyongyang, didn't he have a quote to the effect of, we walked along like lovers hand in hand, that kind of thing, um, with Kim Jong-un? Not as, not as much as... It was not, it was not we fell in love, but no. there, was a, there was something that, which in the English press got translated like we walked like along like two people in love or something like that. Mm. Yanin or whatever the word is. Uh, PD, could you uh, Google that for us? I think um, I want to get the exact quote. I don't want to misattribute. But the thing is, um, what we really have to uh, focus on is that he says, I didn't give up anything. Mm -hmm. What did I give up? And to some extent, yes. Um, he did meet with Kim Jong-un. He did not give up anything. I mean, we saw the agreement. It did not have any content in it whatsoever. So, um, but on the other hand, we have to look at what happened. The joint uh, military drills between the US and South Korea stopped. That's that's giving something. Uh, Number two, uh, uh, um, President Trump... said as much that he is in the far future looking towards um, uh, pulling out U.S. troops from South Korea in the distant future. Not immediately, though, but eventually, Mm. uh, ultimately. Um, So he intimated as much. Now, we can say that he uh, did this as a, a person who is 
throwing ideas out there so that we can discuss and negotiate um, back, uh, uh, you know, in the future. Mm-mm. But as if this works again, I, I keep harping on about this. This works in the boardroom. This works in business uh, negotiating terms, but in the political arena, in the diplomatic arena, this can be construed very d- dangerously by mm. some factions. Um, I mean, I've seen some uh, analysis out there that says he's um, flattering and warming up Kim. Just so that he's got a pretext later on to, you know, if if Kim well doesn't come through on denuclearization to say, look, at least I tried. Look at all the nice things I said. That kind of thing. PD is pulling up the um, the quote that I was mentioning before. Yonin Chorom, like like lovers, right? That's what President Moon said. We crossed the military demarcation line hand in hand like a couple. I guess he's referring to the Panmunjom summit, right? Yes, that the that would be the Panmunjom summit mm. rather than. Um, remember that when he played hopscotch uh, on, on the 38th parallel right. on the Panmunjom, that was what he was, uh, you know, uh-huh. um, specifically sure. talking about. Um, the 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 strategy that um, coming back to President Trump's strategy um, that he has employed um, is unfortunately it is. Um, Hampering U.S. efforts to marshal unified international pressure on North Korea. Um, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, actually, who is planning to head to Pyongyang to further discuss new, uh, North Korea's denuclearization measures this month, uh-huh. expressed frustration that some countries were not strictly abiding by sanctions on Pyongyang. Russia. Yeah, a major part of the uh, uh, US strategy to get uh, North Korea to uh, dismantle its uh, nuclear and missile programs. We're talking about China and Russia mm-hmm. specifically. Sure. And um, the uh, his counterparts, Russian Foreign Minister um, Sergei Lavrov and Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, both criticized the U.S. efforts, uh, U.S. efforts as well. Um, they just pushed back, saying that the U.S. has to make concessions. Mm. This was further um, supported, of course, by the North Korean foreign minister, Lee Yong-ho, who said that uh, the North Korea needs more trust from the part of on the part of the U.S. The North doesn't see a corresponding response from Washington. He said, "Well, I mean, what do they? What do they want? And the the North Koreans, of course, want an end of war declaration, and they want the sanctions to be loosened. Right? Russia and China have been saying for these phased steps that the U.S. needs to come forward with something. Um, you know." What do you think, Hege? I mean, uh, what, what's the mood here in, in Korea in terms of, I mean, obviously this administration would like to see um, Washington to come forward with a end of war declaration or some kind of uh, at least exemption from the sanctions for South Korea so they can do all of their inter-Korean cooperation and all that stuff. Well, the South Korean government has been saying that a declaration to that effect, the end of the 1950-53 Korean War is necessary to push ahead. Actually, uh, well, that declaration, it says, you know, the South Korean government says, 
is would be a uh, political declaration rather than a uh, law uh, binding one, a legally binding one, where, uh, where it will have to be signed by the uh, parts that signed the armistice back in 1953. So if um, that uh, political declaration is all is needed is, um, well, uh, President Trump already said that he is open to the idea. Mm. And also... Um, uh, Secretary Pompeo said as much in his interview as well. We have a clip uh, regarding this, uh, which we will play just a little bit later. Um, But I mean, if you declare, you, you can call it a political declaration, you can call it ceremonial, what have you. But if you declare it, if you in essence say the the war is over, um, That's open season on the alliance, politically speaking. Uh, that's USFK is now basically just uh, sort of a, a color guard in, in uh, South Korea. And politically, you have uh, all the fuel you need to say, why are they even here? They should be out. Well, that is another question. South Korea says that it would, again, be a only a political declaration mm-hmm. rather than anything, any action to be taken uh, as a follow-up. Now, for, uh, now. for now. For now. For now. But, But you pull the keystone on that and forget it. Again, we'll, we'll have to see whether that keystone will be removed. That may happen if North Korea actually you know, declares what it has, says uh, and, and, uh, and de- nuclearizes that that steps that it will take to denuclearize mm. those steps may trigger that cornerstone to be taken away i suppose if you worded it a certain way you could say yeah that thing that we fought in the 1950s is over but um with the you know perilous security situation and the possession of nuclear weapons there needs to be a u.s uh, rok alliance that kind of language I guess you could uh, perpetuate the presence until you have verifiable denuclearization written into the end of war statement. Let me just read out a quick thing we've gotten from 0084. Isn't it sort of true that Trump is the only one who's made any sort of effort like this? I feel like previous U.S. presidents were too cautious about how Japan and China would react, among other things. I mean, Clinton was getting real close with uh, Madeleine Albright going to Pyongyang. And uh, perhaps Clinton himself might have gone, had things, um, you know, continued on that track. But it's bad. Strategic patience was the... The uh, timing was off. At at that time, uh, we realized that North Korea had, uh, again, broken its promise and continued its nuclear program. Mm. Um, So it was not uh, a time for uh, President Clinton to head to North Korea, nor was it for uh, President Barack Obama as well. As we uh, read from the most recent book by Bob Woodward Mm. uh, in Fear, Trump in the White house um he was very close as well he mm-hmm. was he was making a lot of effort under the uh, under the table to meet with north korean officials um to have his people meet with north korean officials in various ways yeah. unfortunately it did not come to pass again with the continued barrage of nuclear tests while they were going on would it have been proper for a u.s president to make uh, gestures right. To North Korea. Why is it proper now? That's the question. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, while all this relatively feel-good diplomacy is happening, 
uh, the you know the the nuclear fissile facilities are cranking away. The conveyor belts are running, and um, they're still making weapons material day by day. I mean, that's what Trump's given up is he hasn't he hasn't frozen the production of fissile material at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we talk. We think we will see uh, Secretary of State Pompeo going to Pyongyang um, to discuss with uh, officials uh, such as the Yongho and other uh, North Korean um, officials the possibility of a second uh, Trump Kim summit, mm-hmm. possibly by uh, within the uh, within this year. Mm. Um, and with the midterm elections looming ahead in November, we may see that happen. Some, you know, enthusiasts say this may happen within this month. Um, but most uh, say that it m- will likely happen after the elections, possibly in December. OK, so Pompeo's the one setting that up. Do you want to go ahead and just roll his clip and we'll get that out of the way? Let's hear Pompeo on the way to Pyongyang next month. And do you do you envision at this next summit with the North Korean leader that there could be an opportunity to sign a declaration to the end of the Korean War? It's hard to know. Uh, I, I don't want to prejudge precisely where we'll end up. Uh, but make no mistake about it. There is real progress being made and we're going to continue to work at it. Real progress. What is that? I mean, how do you parse that? If you're Pompeo's spokesperson, what's the real progress? Uh, we have we have no idea. Okay. <laughs> they have not. They have not said any. Uh, they have not given any uh, details. Which uh. they are the uh, people right now as to give the least amount of details as possible. The most amount of details that are coming out is from South Korea. I mean, we've got the testing facility, right? They've uh, quote unquote shut that down and sealed at least one entrance. They've got the missile testing platform that they've. Um, uh, taken apart, mm-hmm. and they're flirting with the idea that they're not going to run Yongbyon anymore, right? The plutonium mm-hmm. facility. Again, that is also uh, dependent upon what kind of progress that the U.S. makes on its part, mm. um, uh, as you know, demanded by North Korea, which is number one. Um, secu- uh, security for its regime, uh, um, safety assurances rather, and they say that the hard line it may be coming uh, from the U.S. Um, as we just heard, a declaration of the end of the war. Mm. Um, we may see that happening um, again. Again, if it happens, it will be a political uh, declaration. Um, uh, it's going to have big consequences, though. That's when North Korea and the left here in South Korea start really beating the drum uh, on the on the um, remo- removal uh, exactly. of troops. Why are they here? Uh, again, again, not yet, though. They won't go ahead so far immediately. What they will do is uh, wait for North Korea to, you know, uh, uh, go ahead with denuclearization measures. If they are, uh, let's say, we have uh, harped on about the salami effect, piecemeal. <laughs> Slicing the salami. Exactly. Little teeny tiny pieces of denuclearization. Here's another slice, now give me this. Mm-hmm. Here's another slice, now give me that. That will be what 
uh, is likely to happen. Um, Pompeo will likely discuss that as well as denuclearization measures, as well as the summit uh, in this month's mm. meeting in mm-hmm. Pyongyang. Now, in North Korea, South Korea front, uh, the, in, the inter-Korean exchanges and endeavors will forge ahead, despite what you know, lack of progress or progress there is. Just this week, the two Koreas will remove landmines from Pamunjom and around the area of Cholwon. This is uh, the basis of the uh, measures that were announced, the declaration that was uh, announced in the Pyongyang declaration uh, in the summit last month. Um, They will uh, seek to forge ahead with inter-Korean joint ventures, but... Again, this will be hampered by the UN Security Council resolutions passed in 2016 and 17 that specify a ban on North Korean joint ventures. Mm. Um, They're going to push for the exemption, the sort of inter-Korean exemption. Everybody else will uphold the sanctions. But we, because we are all Koreans. Unfortunately, that is not possible under the UN resolutions. Even if the South Koreans want that, it Mm. will still have to face the UN Security Council Mm. in order to get any sort of waiver. Um, It will not be likely uh, as long as the US is a member of the UN Security Council. Uh, North Korea wants investment from South Korean uh, corporate giants, as evidenced by the uh, number of business leaders mm-hmm. that accompanied Moon to Pyongyang last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samsung Electronics, the world's largest mobile phone maker, um, SK South Korea's largest mobile phone service provider, Hyundai Motor, uh, the uh, world's fourth largest automaker, as well as Hyundai Asan, which spearheaded South Korea's joint ventures in North Korea before it was scrapped a mm. decade ago. They all headed up to Pyongyang last week. They kind of They kind of had to, didn't they? (laughs) I don't think that, uh, you know, these businessmen are uh, necessarily, you know, dreaming of uh, pouring money into North Korea as it is. I could be wrong. Mm. But I think it was uh, a bit of a patriotic obligation to go with that entourage, don't you think? Well, the... Thing is, it's a dangle. It's a lure yeah. for for North Korea. This is what North Korea is thirsty for: mm. investments and technology, both sure. of which are denied them under the UN sanctions. Now, uh, why uh, Kim Jong Un uh, needs this is to uh, push its uh, North push North Korea's economy, which mm-hmm. is right now under a, a very abnormal state. It is driven by the black market. Chang uh, Madang, he wants to bring it into a little bit of a light, which is only possible. Uh, Make it a real removal. economy rather than an economy that's happening sort of underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what seems to be the North Korean game plan is to become a little teeny tiny People's Republic of China, right? You know, all of the political control and all of the wealth at the same time. But even the Chinese swap out their leaders every, you know, now and then. So you have to introduce uncertainty. All right. We're up against the end of our time here, Miss Heejin. Thank you very much for uh, enlightening me on some of these issues. Well, it's been an honor and a privilege. And uh, I'm relatively new to this show, but I will miss dropping by every uh, Monday. We'll see each other. Don't you worry. <laughs>